Hello, this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. You're a legend, Fred. We're all legends. Huge crowds, massive riffs, bigger moustache. The storied history of Freddie Mercury is now on our screens. We're dealing with a single rogue minister. We rescue the Russian president. You know those movies that are full of explosive hand-to-hand combat, but the implications affect international political relations? That's Hunter Killer. Another way of putting it is that it stars Jared Butler. Hello, hello, my name is Kyron Wheatley. Now, I've seen heaps of movies, but neither of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello. both have. Now, we've got a Village Cinemas Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on. Surprise. <laughs> we do that every week. But first... Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? When I was 10, I watched Live at Wembley and thought, that's me. (laughs) Sure, I couldn't sing or dance or grow a moustache or command an audience of 100,000, but I was like, that's me, that's me up there. So the idea that they're making a movie about me that I can live through vicariously is huge news. So please tell me that I want to see Bohemian Rhapsody and they didn't stuff it up. (laughs) It is actually, first and foremost, a celebration of Queen and their music. But it shows just how they got to be so massively popular from their beginning in 1970 And it goes right up until their Live Aid performance in 1985 and a particular focus on Freddie Mercury's story. The band members are in there. You get a bit of their backstory as well, but But mainly about. Yeah, basically. The best way to describe it, rather than ambitious or anything like that, is just crowd pleasing. Yeah. It knows exactly what a Queen fan wants. And it just delivers all of those, you know, yeah. it's got all the key moments. It's got all the classic music video shoots you see there. It's kind of like a, a big list of what would you want in a Queen movie? Tick, tick, tick. They're all here. Yeah. Like in the trailer, you see, we will rock you. Like yes. they, when they're writing that, yes. like in the early trailer, you see the bit where he's writing Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. and he's in there more Galileo, more Galileo. So yeah. it seems like it is going to be one of those sort of biopics that hit those moments. Is yes. It? And it, especially because it's produced by Queen. It makes mm. me wonder how much of a polish they put on it being like, yeah. we just thought of it on the spot, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's even moments, because it, it goes into cheesy a little bit, but it's such a kind of a cheesy movie anyway that it, they kind of get away with it where he plays the opening riff to Bohemian Rhapsody. Someone goes, oh, that's nice. He goes, yeah, maybe it'll be something one day. You know, like, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of feels like the Delta Telly movie. <laughs> with like a huge budget. <laughs> yeah, it's in the middle of being a musical and a drama. So you get a bit of both of them. Even though it is quite a generally wholesome portrayal of Queen, they do delve a little bit into dark moments like when Freddie Mercury goes off and does his own solo career and they had a bit of problems there and... um Freddie's personal story. They don't go into it too much because they stop at 1985 Mm -hmm. when Freddie Mercury was just diagnosed with AIDS. So they don't go into that a lot. You get the feeling that it is just a focus on how they got to be so popular and all their music. Galileo! Galileo! How was that? Higher. Can you go a bit higher? If I go any higher, only dogs will hear me. Try. Who even is Galileo? Are we done? That's it. It is interesting that Queen had a hand in making this and apparently it's been 10 years in the making and the two members of Queen who are still Queen at the moment wanted 
more creative control over it. So rather than let someone else take the project, they were like, oh, well, we better get involved. There is a bit of storied history with this because... It has been in the making for so long, and at one mm. point, Sasha Baron Cohen was attached to this. Yeah, and that was the thing. It was always this conflict between him and Brian May in particular. That apparently he had uh, Brian May had said, and when Freddie passed away, and with the rest of the movie, and Sasha Baron Cohen said, "What do you mean the rest of the movie? The movie is Freddie's story," and they yeah. had a disagreement. But then seeing the film, and it is Freddie's story. So either he was lying or they realised that yeah. Sasha was right because Sasha didn't end up playing the role. No. Well, I heard the Queen members currently wanted the movie to be more about the band members as well. And, I mean, watching the film, it ends up being his story anyway, but you do get a sense of the band members a bit more, like they have a bigger role, so maybe that was sort of the difference that they put into it. Do you think that that gets in the way? Do you want to know more about Freddie from this film or do you think it's balanced nicely? I think this is a very safe version as well. Like it shows you all the milestones in Freddie's life, but it never goes into any great depth about it. I don't know if you found that as well. It'll show you something and it'll betray it fine, but it's not uh, it's not a risk at all, which I, I understand why they've done that. Queen's such a huge band. So many people are going to want to see this that you don't want to go too risque with anything. So who did end up playing Freddy? So it's played by Remy Malek now, who's uh, most people know from Mr. Robot. Yeah, right. I remember as Tutankhamen from the oh, yeah. Museum movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. He plays Freddy and he's the best part, I think. He's really good. Um, and that... That is the big takeaway from the movie and that's all the headlines are how good he is because Freddie Mercury is such a like a flamboyant figure and so so much larger than life. And Remy Malik traditionally plays quite conserved characters like in Mr. Robot. So it's kind of a, a complete 180 to see him like this. I heard him uh, interviewed by Zan Rowe actually and he said that not only did he study Freddie Mercury for this role, watching all the videos, watching you know his mannerisms, the way he spoke but also the people who influenced Freddie. Oh, okay. So to try and get a sense of what his influences were and right. bring that through the performance as well, which I think was like yeah. really clever as an actor. Yeah, that is really people clever. People who influenced the person that you're portraying. Now, I want you to clap on the third beat. What's going on? You know if you're on time. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. Imagine... Thousands of people doing this in unison. Huh? Well, what's the lyric? standout cast what about standout crew is there is there a part of this film that, from the crew perspective that is above everything else yeah I really loved the editing in this one like cinematically what I liked most was the transitions between the scenes like usually you don't really think about that or even notice them for example you would get a scene of the band and together they're working out the notes and the lyrics and then it'll fade into a concert of them performing what they came up with so it's this real nice transition from them working on it and coming up with it for the first time and then you see what we'd see in all the music videos and concerts and how yeah. they got there. People with an eagle eye look out for Mike Myers is, oh, really? is in this film. But like <laughs> not Michael Myers. Not Michael Myers. Almost unrecognisable. It took me, he's in it a little bit, it took me three scenes to go, wait a minute, 
That's Mike Myers. Yeah, I saw the credits come up and I saw his name. Do you know who he was? Yeah, the. Oh, I won't won't spoil it for people that are going to go see it. But it took me ages to spot him. But it's a good reference because obviously Wayne's World has that connection to Bohemian Rhapsody, which apparently is why he's in the film. Yeah, right. He kind of helped popularize it again in the 90s and had its big resurgence. Look for the perm. (laughs) (laughs) So you should see this film. I mean, fans of Queen. That's who it's made for, and that's who it's going to please. And it's very much a fan film. Fan film has a bad connotation, I suppose, but it's made to please people that love Queen. It doesn't go much deeper than that, but it's so crowd-pleasing that you're going to be really happy. If you like to Star is Born, this is a lot happier version of it, Um, but it's got that feel (laughs) to it as well, that sort of music (laughs) drama. Or if you want to learn more about music history, if you want to know the band behind the music you love. Wikipedia article of a film. (laughs) Also in cinemas this week, the Halloween compendium. You've got Halloween. A surprisingly great reboot of the Halloween franchise. Goosebumps 2. With Jack Black at Scary Kids Horror. Ghost Stories. Yes, a real cerebral ghost movie if you want something like that. And Beautiful Boy. With Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Not a scary film, that one. You can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode in whatever podcast app you're in right now. Bad one. The Tampa Bay's gone missing just above the Calder Peninsula. Sir, we've got a shootout under the ice. I told Six Fleet you want a hunter killer. We've been ordered to cross waters that no American sub has ever crossed before. Submerge the ship. Some movies you just accept that it's not going to change your life, you know? (laughs) It's not going to win an Oscar. You're not recommending it to your granny, but it's just so damn fun. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Hunter Killer looks like an American action movie that I'm so ready to switch off my brain and sink into. Am I right? You're so this movie is insane. <laughs> in like the best way, in the way that like Con Air is insane, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, how do they do this? I don't care. They're really <laughs> going for it. Hunter Killer, it's a American military submarine set movie, but it's actually about a coup that's happening in Russia and the Russian president is being taken hostage and the Americans have to go in and save him and they're commanded by, of course, the most American, Scotland's own Jared Butler. It does feel a little Air Force One, like the big American action movie. They start off in Scotland. It's this beautiful loch with some mountains and Gerard Butler's like stalking <laughs> these deer. And I was like, yes, they're going to keep his accent. And they didn't. No. <laughs> I was well, like, actually, you set it up for us. Yeah. I really want to hear his natural accent. So that scene brings me to a good point. We've talked before about Save the Cat on this podcast. And it's a screenwriting trope in which you give your main character something very kind and generous to do at the beginning if they're a little bit unsympathetic and therefore the audience really likes them from then on. And this has a really gratuitous version of that in that very scene yeah. where he's hunting elk in, in Scotland and a very kind of manly stoic thing to do. And then as he's lining one up, a little baby comes out from just behind and he goes, no, I couldn't possibly. It, it's, it's such an on the nose, save the cat moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I'm like, great. <laughs> Literally save an animal. Yeah, he, like, he, yeah. Yeah. Often it's just perceived, but he actually saved an animal. Yeah. From himself, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> so really no hero. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> But he wouldn't call himself a hero car and that's no. the thing. Speaking of heroes and the heroes we need but don't deserve a man who said that line he's in this film as well isn't he Gary Oldman Gary Oldman and Gary Oldman he's on another level in this movie 
So he's like, I do remember Leon the Professional, no. where he's just shouting all the time, and he's yeah. very. He he reminded me of Gary Oldman and Leon the Professional. He's very angry in this film. He's also reminds me of that scene when he was in Friends, acting across from Joey, oh, yeah. and they play. <laughs> military men and he's just like spitting and screaming his words. This is how I imagine He was it. in Air Force One as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was the he bad was. guy in yeah. Air Force One, yeah. Yeah, so I think been, that was He's it. been down this action road before. Who I really liked was Linda Cardellini. Who yeah. plays, she's like an analyst uh, who's trying to help them you out. You know her from ER? Yes, yeah, and she's also in the Scooby-Doo movies. She's cool. villain. <laughs> <laughs> she is like an analyst that's trying to help them out. And I thought she was really her and Common. Common's in this movie. Yeah, by Common. The way. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, her and Common are kind of like a, a, a duo that are trying to help Jared Butler get in and out of Russia and get the president. The American service increasing speed. Fire torpedoes one and two. Torpedoes in the water. They fired at us. Is it a film? Are you walking out having learned a life lesson? No, the, the, this is, is there a, room for that. This is like a Friday explosions? night pizza film. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you get your friends, you get a bunch of popcorn, a bunch of drinks, and it doesn't take itself seriously. You don't need to take it seriously. Mm. It's just it wants to give you a good time, and that's kind of what it's gunning for. But even those movies, you need something to hook you through. Like you, there's got to be a little bit to otherwise. You... Well, weirdly, what it was was the submarine stuff. Um, yep. It's like an interesting aspect. That I know there's been like Hunt for Red October and um, Dust Boot. Uh, probably the most famous, but they're kind of a bit boring and slow. Yeah, this kind of Michael Bayifies <laughs> the submarine and makes it cool and sexy. But I'd not really seen that before. The difference in this one I found was their shots of the interior sub scenes, where they really made it feel really claustrophobic, and they had not an unsteady but a hand cam of them going downstairs and going into all the officers' rooms, and they really did a good job of showing what it must be like. Yeah, and even similar to First Man that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the sound design, all the creaking mm, yeah. and all the metal shifting and stuff like that. It really gives you this sense of like, oh, I don't want to I be can't here. Think of anything worse than being a submarine? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's so horrifying. They do a good job. I don't yeah. want to go on a tour when they're floating. <laughs> I don't like it. So, as a scriptwriter myself, I always wonder how they get the technical aspects of it because I wouldn't have any clue what military words <laughs> would be said in a submarine. Yeah. Do they just like have a blank? They're like, ah, oh, yes, this character says this. And then they just put in some insert uh, fancy dialogue here and then they go <laughs> on. Because how do you write that? Because the stuff that they come up with, all the commands and all the technology and stuff that they have in the subs, I'm like, how do you? I remember Shonda Rhimes talking about her Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. that's that's seen as, a, as the peak of medical accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And And she'd do just that. She'd write a blank. She'd like... Yeah. Well, and then she she used to say, I can't remember what the word is, but they used to say medical, 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 right. medical, <laughs> medical, medical, and then someone yeah, else would come that. in later as the consultant and fix yep. it. I know that Butler and the director actually sailed with a submarine, like a working submarine for a time to do some research. So for the acting side of it, they really got into the role and, and saw how everything worked. Must be a strange set as well, because you're mm. trying to make it really compact, but then you'd be on a soundstage, so it'd yeah. be a massive, so it'd be like this half submarine the camera's like right in your face. And put together and then so they're in a tight space but mm. in a really big shed. <laughs> it's a strange place to shoot. That's where you get paid the big bucks for acting. Yeah. You need yeah. to pretend you're underwater. <laughs> yeah. So who should see this film? 
this seems like a, like I said, it's like a Friday night, get your friends together, have a good time kind of movie. Don't take it seriously because the movie doesn't take itself seriously. But I mean, I had way more fun than I was expecting with this. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought as well. If you really like those hero movies like White House Down and those sorts of things as well. Yeah, it's one of those. For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, go to the socials, Facebook and Instagram, and leave a comment on the cinema crew. We want to know what is your favourite Queen song? What's your favourite Queen song? Don't Stop Me Now. I used to always like that song, but then it went up a notch from Shaun of the Dead. There's that choreographed zombie fight to Don't Stop Me Now by yeah. Queen. Yeah. <laughs> that's used so much yeah. in film, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it pops up it's everywhere. It's because it's an instant way to get someone to like your film. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, you play Queen, they're like, oh, this is all right. <laughs> Think of your favourite Queen song, put it on the socials with the hashtag The Cinema Crew and you could win. Next week, The Girl in the Spider's Web. Oh, is this another girl with a dragon tattoo film? Yes, and it's it's by the director of a movie from a few years ago called Don't Breathe. So I'm really excited. And this about time that. it has Claire Foy in the lead role. The Queen. Yes. The Queen herself. How she's falling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea that like Actors are all the same. They're all actually the same person yeah. <laughs> in the different movies. Yeah, so she's the queen with a mohawk and a yeah, dragon and then something really <laughs> horrible happened. I think a good one to do it with is Chris Pratt. Because yeah. it seems like all those roles could be in the same yeah, universe. <laughs> Where he was in Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went to Jurassic Park. And then he just, you know, science happened. <laughs> Boy Raised as well. Now, we're talking about the miseducation of Cameron Post a few weeks ago. This is a similar story, right? Yeah, similar story. A little bit of a different vibe to it, though. Suspiria? Well, this is the new Tilda Swinton thing, right? I love Tilda. I nearly named my dog after Tilda Oh, really? And that's a remake of a, of a real classic Italian horror. It feels like someone just had a nightmare and wrote it down. Yeah, it does a bit, yeah. <laughs> and, well, we've talked about the American action war movie today. Next week, it's the English take. Less submarine explosives, more stuck in the trenches during... World War One. Lots of mud, it looks like, in Journey's End. There is a lot of mud in Journey's End, but it's a very kind of poignant British war film. All right, well, until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Mari. Cheers. I'm Karen Wheatley, and we'll see you, or at least you'll hear us, next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.